Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Kojin, for all that you do. So we're really in the thick of it now. This is our fourth full day of session. So we're really in the heart of things. And uh, actually, we're always really in the heart of things. In every moment, in every situation, in every act, in every blade of grass, as Ryotan Roshi said yesterday, we're in the heart of things. But uh, usually we don't, we don't sense it. And so we've had three, more than three days of Zazen and being in this container so that actually we're, we're a lot more open to the heart of things than is usually the case. We're, uh, because our normal mental filters and all the normal chit-chat in our minds has receded somewhat, um, we're, we're more aware of the heart of things. Today we're a smaller group, um, a significant contingent left us yesterday, so it's a more intimate setting. I still see some people who are new to Village Zendo or maybe doing their first session or uh, first retreat with Village Zendo, so I, I want to express my appreciation for your, your practice because um, I know it's, it's challenging to do a session, even if you've done many of them, it's challenging. And then if you're doing your first one or doing one in a completely new context with a new group, it's, uh, there's a lot to get used to. And uh, Ryotan put it very well yesterday about, with his own experience. But, uh, I hope you're, you're able to settle in now after a few days, finding your posture, getting used to some of the um, forms and customs that we have and seeing yourself and uh, feeling the, the heart of things. I'm also aware that there's a group of people who have been practicing with us online, doing intensive practice and uh, uh, accompanying us and just as we're accompanying you. So I wanna also give a shout out to those of you who are doing your, um, your uh, online practice and at home practice. Um, and I hope that you too are settling into the heart of things. So this is uh, three years now that we haven't done our year end retreat here at Garrison. And uh, it's, it's funny, I've had mixed uh, sort of sensations about it. On the one hand, it feels like it's uh, just like before, we're just picking up from where we left off. It feels very familiar. But then in other ways, there are, there are changes. Even in my own body, there are aches and strains that I didn't have three years ago. And our, the composition of our group is a little different as well. 
So the first morning when we were doing Kinhin in the dim light here in the big hall with the long lines of people walking up and back through the hall, I don't know why, but I had this flash of Kaku Sensei. I saw his face very vividly in that big grin that he had. And I thought, how could Kaku not be here with us? We've done so many retreats together. And then I thought, and Sybil, how could Sybil not be here with us? And Yuka, how could she not be here with us? And I thought about all the friends and elders on our ancestors' altar. But it's true, if I, if I looked up and I looked at the faces going around the room, um, I didn't see Kaku, and I didn't see Sybil, and I didn't see Yuka. But then if I lowered my gaze again in the dim morning light, and I just saw the flow of these people in black robes going up and back, um, I felt like Kaku was walking with us, and that like Sybil and Yuka were flowing with us. So different, different perspectives. Um, one is more, uh, maybe more distinct and more particular and in the light uh, of day. And the other is more indistinct, uh, maybe more inclusive, more encompassing uh, in the dark. And I think that uh, Lehman Pang was moving very freely back and forth between these different perspectives on reality. It's not that there are two realities, but different ways of looking at it. So we might wonder why are we spending so much time thinking about this guy who lived over a thousand years ago, far away in China? He wasn't a 21st century person like us. I don't know if I'd even call him a modern, but I think he was grappling with an issue that is very close to all of us. And he used that, that problem to go very deep in his practice and then to teach others. And so if we look at Layman Pang and his teachings, perhaps there's something helpful there for us. So Layman Pang's question was, what about the one who's not connected to the 10,000 things? Or we could rephrase that as, um, how can I be free from the 10,000 things? And um, so I think Joshin Roshi's talk really got at this point exactly. She was asking, how can we be free and live a creative and, and, and awake, 
fashion um, in this human life that we've received? How can we do that? And I thought it was very powerful the way she pointed to um, the fundamental difficulty that we have, the fundamental trap uh, that we create for ourselves and have created for us of who we are. You know? Who are we, really? Um, and this, this, too, was what Layman Pong was, was working on. So Joshin said, what we have to do really is to dismantle that whole construct of ourselves that we've created in order to open up the possibility for, for uh, a freer, um, more creative and awakened uh, life. We all, uh, we go around caught up in these ideas of who we are um, and who others are and our assumptions and descriptions about ourselves and others. And we end up confining ourselves and restricting ourselves. Um, so um, she gave us the example of uh, Layman Pang's encounter with a young monk on, about the teaching of charity. So when Layman Pang was asked, uh, what is the teaching about not being ungrateful for what you receive? And Layman Pang said, hardly anyone can accept it. And building on what uh, Joshin was saying, I think that he's saying really no one can accept it as long as, as we're trapped in our narrow, restricted sense of ourselves. We're always going to be ungrateful in some way. But if we can let go for a moment of that set of ideas that we've constructed about who we are, um, then there's no ungratefulness if we can really be free of all of those trappings. There's no ungratefulness. If we really want to repay the debt uh, for what we re we've received, um, then just let go of the thoughts, let go of that whole mental apparatus for a moment and be fully present. And uh, we can repay that, that debt. No, no ungratefulness. So Layman Pong then asked the monk, do you understand? And the monk said, no. So Layman Pong doubles down and he says, who is it that doesn't know? And he comes back to that same question. Who are you really? Which is the, the question that Ryotan asked us yesterday. What is the self? Layman Pang um, came at the problem not based on some intellectual project or um, uh, exercise, 
but from two deep experiences that he had in his practice with his teachers. So in the first one, he asked uh, his first teacher, Shitu, what about the, the one who is not connected to the 10,000 dharmas? Shitu raised his hand and put it over Layman Pong's mouth. So uh, in that moment, Layman Pong had something deep shifted in Layman Pong. He had a realization. Maybe it was like uh, Joshin after her mother died. Um, she received the, the blows of the Kyusaku and her heart opened up. She was, she was ready to do that in that moment. Maybe uh, Layman Pong's experience was like our own experience here on retreat. I mean, what are we doing here on retreat but this? We all come here and we agree to, to practice together silently and to cut off all that stream of chit chat and babble that we're usually um, spilling out in our daily life with people, but also that whole um, stream of chit chat and babble that we are letting out in our own minds. Um, among just in our own heads. And we try to, to let go of that and just really live moment to moment. But I think the, the most important part about this hand over the mouth is what Enkyo Roshi said in her talk. And that is that Layman Pong is, was working with and teaching uh, about the limits of language and our um, ideas as a way to apprehend reality, as a way to apprehend the, the heart of things. So Enkyo Roshi said that she appreciated Layman Pong's um, practice because of its simplicity gathering firewood and hauling water. She appreciated the way he um, was constantly studying with and refining his understanding in his exchanges with his, his Dharma friends, right? The way we are here rubbing up against one another, um, looking at the heart of things um, together. But she said the most important thing is really seeing the way in which language and our ideas and assumptions uh, limit our, our apprehension of reality. So, um, yeah. Our ideas, our descriptions, our labels always are reducing down and uh, simplifying and distorting Things, even though we, we think, yeah, that's what things are. That's how things are. Um, but there's always a gap between reality and these, these labels and these assumptions. So Layman Pong was, was constantly in his 
in his stories is constantly hitting on this point. So Roshi gave us the example of the encounter between Layman Pong and his friend Puchi. Um, Puchi says to him, in the past and the present, there are very few people who can refrain from talking about it. Can old Pong refrain from talking about it? And Pong let out a deep, long sigh. But Puchi kept kind of poking at him and pestering him. So Layman Pong did a kind of funny little dance, and then he, he got up and left. So Layman Pong knew how to refrain from talking about it. And Roshi also gave us the example of uh, one time Layman Pong went to visit Puchi in his hut. Puchi saw his friend coming and he closed the, the hut uh, uh, door. He slid it shut. But as, as Pong got there, he opened it again and then Pong grabbed the door and started opening it and they had this tussle and then Puchi just says to him, when the door is sliding back and forth, do you call that open or closed? And Layman Pong says, that's the kind of question that chokes the life out of a man. <laughs> and Puchi just chuckled and Layman Pong knew that his Dharma friend was playing with him. But Layman Pong had another um, profound experience with his second teacher, Matsu. So we asked Matsu, how can I be free from the 10,000 things? That question that we all, um, we all ask ourselves, I think, right? Uh, we all have so many uh, challenges in our life from our physical frailties to our uh, complicated minds to our challenges with our family members and friends and co-workers and uh, dharma comrades and uh, and with our relationship with society as a whole so uh, we all know what that, that's like and it's overwhelming sometimes. And, and uh, Echo, I thought, captured it very nicely in her Sama words yesterday when she gave us that quote from the Tibetan teacher, which um, says, this exhausted mind beaten helplessly by karma and neurotic thoughts like the relentless fury of the pounding waves in the infinite ocean of samsara. I mean, we've all been there, right? Um, so Layman Pong says, how can I be free from the 10,000 things? And Matsu said, well, I'll tell you when you drink down all the waters of the Western River in one gulp. So the problem with this is if, if this is all that we have in our practice, uh, that too can become a trap. It can lead to a quietistic practice or a kind of passivity or a muteness or a, 
we're, we're trying to transcend everything, but really we just detach and we don't, and we disengage. And uh, we can wind up in a kind of bubble in our practice, a monastic bubble or a, a, a purist bubble or a bubble of emptiness. And so this other experience uh, really complemented that first, that first experience. Because uh, Matsu wasn't talking about transcending the 10,000 things, not so much freeing oneself from the 10,000 things, but being free amidst the 10,000 things, being able to engage with the 10,000 things freely and creatively. So, um, And and that means, too, to be able to speak uh, and express yourself. Um, Not just this. So after he had this second experience, uh, Lehman Pong wrote a poem. And he said, uh, men without wives, women without husbands, face to face, speaking about what cannot be spoken of. I like that. Men without wives, women without husbands. It sounds like an image of freedom without any kind of external conditions. Um, And then face to face, just a a state of, of real intimacy. And the freedom to be able to speak about what cannot be spoken of at the same time as being aware of the limits of language and ideas for apprehending reality. So how can, how can we do this? Lehman Pang could do it by um, gathering firewood and hauling water or by letting out a deep sigh, doing a funny dance. To take in all the waters of the Western River is to be able to take in all of the 10,000 things in our life, including the things that are inconvenient or irksome, the the disappointments in our life, the letdowns, the things that sting, as well as the the really painful things and the dramatic things like the the waves that beat with relentless fury against the mind. All of these things, to be able to take them in, to absorb them, to incorporate them into our practice and into our awareness. I think that that's, that's what we're talking about here, rather than to try to dodge them or transcend them, to be able to um, swallow them up in a single gulp as part of our practice and awareness. 
And Layman Pong is saying, we can do this. We can do this. So how can you do it? Maybe um, just walking straight ahead in the kinhin line. Or maybe sewing a pet warmer. Or maybe um, eating a bowl of oatmeal for breakfast. We can't do it uh, as an intellectual project. If we try to grasp it with our mind, then we quickly realize there's nothing in, in that fist. But if we can let go of the usual filters and narratives and stories we have going on in our heads and open back up to what's really happening right now, then all of a sudden we can find for a moment that there is the space to allow for everything. And we can, we can all do this. So Lehman Pong wrote a number of poems and uh, in one of them he said the following, if you seek the Buddha and search for transcendence, you're no master. Sit straight backed to seek the Buddha Dharma and the Dharma will move far away from you. Abandon Dharma and grasp it with no mind and then it will be like coming home. So we have the rest of the day today. We have one more full day of practice together tomorrow. Um, it's really an exceptional opportunity that we have to be here exceptional conditions. So let's really try to make the most of them, make the most of every moment that we have. Every single drop that comes your way, drink it down. All the water in the Hudson, swallow it up. All the elements of your life, your whole life, take it in one gulp. Sentient beings are